Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How are we doing, everybody? Amen. Good to see you on a beautiful Wednesday night. Lots of good stuff going on. We're going to have us a baby dedication tonight. Who's ready for that? Come on. Yes. We've got so many babies. We're just doing it on Wednesday nights now. So praise God for that. But that's been the blessing of the year to have, for God to fill up our house with uh, seven wonderful babies at High Desert Word Center. So we're uh, we're thankful for that. We rejoice. What no greater gift that we can have than to, for God to trust us with the life of a baby to raise in the ways of God. And so we are super pumped up about that. Couple of quick announcements here. Uh, first of all, my parents are out of town for the next week and a half. So you won't see them there in Brooklyn, New York with my brother and his wife. So they're getting to do all that fun stuff and, uh, and they just flew out today. So anyway, they'll be there for uh, until October 1st or 2nd or something like that. So you'll see them when they get back, but sounds like they're having a good time. They, yeah, uh, the first thing they do when they fly anywhere on the East Coast is they go to White Castle as soon as they get off the airplane. Now, if you're not, maybe you're unfamiliar with that, but it's a big deal back there. So anyway, that's what they did, and they're having a great time. want to remind you that our Harvest Fest is coming up on Friday, October 23rd. Who's going to be there? All right. We'll be out at my parents' ranch out there in Newberry, 10 beautiful acres with a lake and, and a big, we got a big lit up arena actually because it was used to have rodeos out there. So this giant rodeo arena that's a couple acres in size all by itself, it's all lit up. It's going to be awesome for the kids. But what we need from you is we need candy and we've got a big bin back there by the front door and it's already starting to fill up. But we're not just going to fill it up once. We want to fill that sucker up like three, four, five times so we can absolutely bombard these kids with candy. And then then it's on the parents from there, right? We don't feel guilty anymore. We're just like, they, they got to deal with that stuff. So anyway, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that we bless the kids with lots and lots of candy. And Christmas is around the corner. I'm talking about that because we... Dylan, there's only 93 days, only 93 days till Christmas. So you know what I mean? Be ready. It's coming up. And, uh, and I've got some, we got some stuff up our sleeve that we will release that info soon, but you're going to hear more about that really, really soon. Amen. So who's glad to be at church on Wednesday night? Let me see. Amen. All right. Well, what we're going to get into right now is we want to have a baby dedication for our, actually this was out of the whole year, out of all seven babies, this was baby number one. He was born in January and this is Logan Thane Swayze Alva. Amen. So let's go ahead and have, if we could, I know we're all just getting here. Let's have the Alva family come on up together and we're going to pray over this little fella and dedicate him to the Lord. Amen. Let's give a hand for the Alva family. Alva and Salceda family. Amen. And uh, we got, there's a, such a blessing to our church here. They've become such a big part of this church over the last three years. And when they come, they fill up a whole section by themselves. So we're always glad to see them. <laughs> amen. Amen. All right. What an awesome family. And, and uh, Nick and Sabrina are doing a great job. When they first showed up, there was two kids. Now there's four. So something happens when you start going to church at High Desert Word Center. You just, yeah, kids start showing up. I don't know what <laughs> Amen? All right. <laughs> well, amen. So we're here tonight, though, to, to, like I said a minute ago, celebrate one of the happiest occasions that a church family can celebrate. We're going to be dedicating a wonderful little man. And I say little, kind of little, but he's not. He's a big guy. Little. Logan, amen. And he is such an awesome young guy. Uh, he was born in January, right? February, okay. February. What's, oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah, I ran over there and saw you guys over there. All right. Yeah, so, uh, he's the first baby this year for High Desert Word Center. But as we're doing all this, I want to remind us that this isn't just some tradition that we do because it's what you're supposed to do. It's not just some ceremony, but it is a serious thing that we're doing because we want our kids to be raised right. You know, we're not just saying that. We It means a lot. To, it means everything to us that our kids are raised right and that when they grow up, they keep on serving God no matter what comes their way. 
And so whether we realize it yet or not, I'm sure you guys do, but God already has plans for this young life right here. This, you know, there, God has a plan for him that he wants him to accomplish in this world. And we may not know exactly what that is yet, but we do know they're good plans. And I want to share a verse that I was uh, just reading a little bit ago from Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. The prophet Jeremiah, uh, God spoke this to him and said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And so notice that God said, I already knew you before you were even formed. So that, that answers the question right there. Well, when does life technically begin? It begins when God said it did. And God said, I knew this little guy even before he was formed in, in the womb. And on top of that, God had a plan already for his life before he was ever even thought of. And that's an incredible thing to think of. And of course, that's not just the prophet Jeremiah. That's for Logan also, that God had a plan for his life way before it ever began. Now we understand that dedicating him today is this isn't his salvation moment he's going to make that choice someday on his own every human has to decide for themselves you know the joshua said choose for yourself this day who you will serve we've got to make that choice ourselves but what we're saying is we're dedicating him and we're going to do our absolute best to make sure that he's able to make the right decision when he's able to make that decision and uh, Proverbs 22, 6, a verse that I've heard my whole life, it tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so we declare tonight that as we make a commitment to train him up in the way he should go, he will not depart from it when he gets old. He's going to stick with Jesus every single day of his life and never, ever, ever look back. And so as we're starting this young life, you know, only what, seven months old or so here, he's a blank slate right now. And we have the opportunity as Christians, as a Christian family to program his worldview and point him in the right direction. We've got that chance. Now in our current age, it's more of a challenge than ever, I believe, to parent. Uh, the world's changing day by day. We see that, you know, we don't have to be a rocket scientist to see what all's going on. But even as the world is changing, the morals of the Bible never change. They're the exact same that they were 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on the earth. What was right 2,000 years ago is still right today. What was wrong 2,000 years ago is still wrong today. And because Jesus never changes, and, and these parents know that very well, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and thank God forever. Amen? Amen, Amen. Amen church. Amen. Okay, I need that support back there. All right, there we go. Right. <laughs> so at High Desert Word Center, we're not just some church that meets together on Sundays or once a month or a Christmas and Easter. We do this life thing together, and uh, and we're a family. And so as we're dedicating Logan uh, tonight, I feel as a pastor here that the whole church family has an obligation to this young man, not just the Alva and Salceda family. I believe all of us have a duty to Logan and all these other babies and kids that we're going to do the right thing in front of them also. And so I just challenge all of us. Amen. Amen. I challenge all of us that he is never going to see a curse word come out of Pastor Dave's mouth. He's never going to see one of these fine people stumbling out of a bar and say, well, I go to church with that guy. That ain't going to happen. He's going to see all of us keep our commitment that we're making right now on this day, September 2020. And so I say, may he see every one of us in the household of God every single week, living the Bible, speaking the Bible, and being people of our word. We're going to make that commitment to Logan and to this family tonight. Amen. And so, anyway, I want to dedicate Logan tonight uh, to the Lord. And I know the, you, as parents, you've already done this to some extent, but we're going to do an official dedication tonight. And so, uh, there's kind of some vows here, kind of like a wedding, okay? So, Nick and Sabrina, you guys are going to repeat after me as we dedicate him. But the first question is, Nick and Sabrina, have you guys accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? Amen. So, we're getting into this on the right foundation. So, I want you to say this after me. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for giving us the gift of Logan. We realize that we have great responsibility to show him the ways of God. 
So today, September 23rd, 2020, we are formally dedicating his life to you. May he always follow you and never turn away. I promise right now, in front of you and these witnesses, to raise Logan in the ways of God. I will live a holy life and lead him by example, not just by words. Help me, Jesus, to keep this promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Now, the rest of us, we're not off the hook yet because I want you to stand up with me for just a minute. Can we do that as a church family? All right. Now, I'm going to ask us to make a dedication also. Now, if you're not down with this and you're like, well, I don't want to say something I can't keep, then, you know, then don't say it. But if you can commit to helping us uh, be a good example to this little guy, then we're going to we're going to ask you to to say a dedication uh, of yourselves tonight also. Amen. So we'll let the rest of the family come up here. We got some more family. All right. Let's hear it for the rest of Nick's family. <laughs> His great grandma. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for coming tonight. All right. So church family, we're going to say this together. Father in Jesus name. Father in Jesus name. We thank you today. We thank you today. For letting us share the life. Of Logan. We promise, Lord Jesus, we promise, Lord Jesus, to live godly lives. To live godly lives. In front of Him, in front of Him, we will assist, we will assist, pray, pray, and lead by example. And lead by example. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. To keep this promise. To keep this promise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. And now I'm just going to pray over little Logan right here. Amen. So I'm going to lean in here. I'll mask up. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lay hands on Logan. And I know his parents have and his grandparents have and so many people. But God, we declare in Jesus' name that he will live for you. Satan, he's off limits. This guy's never going to be addicted. He's never going to know sickness or poverty or disease or or depression or or any other negative thing from the devil. But he's going to live a long, healthy, productive life always for the Lord, never turning his back, serving you every day of his life. He is dedicated to you and to your service, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, let's hear it for this family. Amen. Oh, they want a picture real quick. All right. Okay. So let's give this to the family. We're going to take a quick picture here. Okay, Alex is getting the baby. So take a quick picture together, guys. This is the first time we've done a baby dedication on a Wednesday. So you are, you're witnessing history. And if you didn't know that or not, this is going to go down to the record. I might, should I stand behind y'all? I'll just squeeze in here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, church family. Yes, for being involved in that. Amen. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. We love this family. All right, everybody. Very good. Very good. Let's go ahead and we are going to do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. Do we have any cheerful givers in the house? Amen. I like cheerful givers, you know, uh, we like people that are, uh, I mean, just they're excited to be used by God in the area of giving. The Apostle Paul called it a ministry of giving. But if you need an envelope tonight, raise your hands and the ushers would be glad to get one to you. You can also give online at hdwc.org slash giving. And that's a great and quick way to give. But I want to look at a verse tonight in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll be in the New Living Translation here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
And the Apostle Paul uh, had a, this is a great chapter regarding offerings. Now we all know there's a difference between a tithe and an offering. A tithe is 10%. And God told us that way back when, way back in the Old Testament. But here in the New Testament, he also differentiates between offerings also. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to look here at verse 6. And Paul said, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Now he'll still get a crop, just a smaller crop and that's fine but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for god loves a person who gives cheerfully are there any cheerful givers tonight god loves a cheerful giver. And so I remind us, you know, people are wondering, well, why do you get so happy about giving into the offering? What's wrong with you people? It's not what's wrong with us. It's what's right with us. God said he loves cheerful givers and I'm going to be a cheerful giver. Amen. And so as we bring it up tonight, I want to remind you of that, that this is a great opportunity that God gives us to prove our obedience to him and to open up the door for blessings on our life. Amen. Let's go ahead and say the financial faith confession together. You can bring your tithes up and then we're going to get into some praise and worship. Let's speak this out. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here we go. When you're done dropping off your tithes and your offerings, join us at your seats and stand up. Let's stand up and worship together. We are living the resurrection life through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Faith awakened, you breathe into me. Bones were shaking, the blood you shed was mercy saving the dying world.
constant in the chaos. You're my compass when the road is long. You're my portion, never failing for me, only Jesus. Let my heart want for nothing but you, just you. Try. 
time let's just raise our hands and sing like my heart let my heart want for nothing but you just you let my heart want for nothing but you just you the riches of this world could never satisfy let my heart want for only you. Amen. Lord, let that be our heart's cry tonight, that we only want you, Jesus. We don't want our hearts to long for anything else. We don't want our hearts to need anything else. We only need you, Jesus. You are our all in all the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, and everything in between, God. You are everything that we need. And we decide tonight that we're going to cast aside any distractions, anything that would try to come in and, and hinder us from hearing the word, from hearing from heaven tonight. We lay that aside and we say we're here to hear from Jesus tonight. We thank you, Father. You get our attention for the rest of this time. Nothing else. It's all you. You deserve this, Jesus. We're going to give it to you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. God is good to us. Who knows that, that God has been good to you. Amen. So tonight, uh, what we're going to be talking about is, man, it's been a hot topic on my heart for months. And in fact, it's uh, a lot of this is uh, stuff I shared back in March, uh, right when uh, the big world meltdown took place, right, that we now know as COVID-19. But the, I guess the title of tonight and the theme of it all is the presence of God, because as Christians and especially Spirit-filled Christians, all right? Yeah, I mean, you got to know that this is a spirit-filled church, and we are not ashamed of that. We invite God in to say, hey, God, we're not in charge. If we made an outline for the service and it stinks and you want to do something else, God, man, erase it and do something else. We're not in charge of this thing. God is. And so we're spirit-filled, and we're led by God, and what we want is to be in the presence of God. Now, I say that because I don't want that phrase to just get lost upon us because, yes, amen, the presence of God, yes, we all want that, we all long for your presence, because even in a spirit-filled church, we can get so used to hearing certain phrases and certain topics that after a while we begin to just let it kind of float on past us, but... Getting into the presence of God is one of the most important things that you will ever learn to do in your life. Because there's a lot of people that we could say the presence of God and they're like, amen. We'll be in God's presence someday when we die and go to heaven. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, on one hand, that's true. But what if I told you, you could be in the presence of God right here on earth in 2020. Amen. I'm excited for the sweet by and by, but somebody said, we live in the nasty now and now, okay? There's a lot of promises that I'm going to get to in heaven, but there's a lot of promises for us here on earth right now, and you do not have to wait until you die and go to heaven or get raptured and go to heaven to learn how to be in the presence of God. In fact, James, the half-brother of Jesus, put it this way. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, and we may obtain favor to help us in our time of need. And so the throne room of grace, that's something people in the Old Testament only dreamed about. They're like, well, yeah, the preacher can go into the throne room. Uh, the priest, he can go into the throne room, but I can't go in there, so I'll just tell him what I need, and he can go before God for me. But the good news is, Jesus Christ came, he died, rose again, shed his blood, and there's a brand new covenant now that says you can go directly to the throne room of God and you don't have to rely on me or anybody else to do it for you. You can get into God's presence on your own right now. Are you excited about that? Mm, all right, we're getting, we're going to go places tonight, but I got to go there fast, so I'm going to speed because we don't have a lot of time, all right? So... We're talking about the presence of God, 
And in in English, the the word presence is a person or thing that exists or is present in a place but not seen. And so it's something that exists in the room. Like there's a presence in this room right now. Many people would say, well, I sense a presence of peace. I sense a presence of joy. And I sense all of those things right now. There's a presence in here and and the presence of God is in here. We just don't see it, but you can tell it's here. And as Christians, God's presence, of course, it's it's always there. But when you can get so close to God that you just know, man, oh, man, I'm in I'm in the presence of God right now. You are getting to a deeper level in your relationship. Here's what two main characters of the Bible had to say. You can write this down, but for time's sake, you don't have to flip there. Moses put it this way in Exodus 33, 16. He said, how is anyone going to know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? Because God was saying, hey, I need you to take the people and go to the next the next phase that I have for you. And he's like, if you don't go, I'm not going. I refuse to go anywhere that your presence doesn't go also. Now, a lot of us, we'd hear, hey, move, a new promotion, let's go. But I'm saying, whoa, time out. You might want to make sure that God's going too. You might want to make sure that the presence of God is going too. And Moses said, if your presence doesn't go, we, I refuse to go. And look at this. He said this, Exodus thirty-three sixteen: for your presence among us sets your people and I apart from all other people on the earth. Think about that. What makes us different from everybody else? And I can tell you that we are indeed different than everybody else. Peter in the New Testament said that we are a peculiar people. And if nobody thinks you're weird, you're not doing this Christianity thing right. You're doing something wrong. People should think you're a flaming weirdo. Man, why aren't you freaking out? Why aren't you all? Why aren't you depressed? Why aren't you? You're not scared of all this? I, uh, no. I, what do we say to that? People should look at you like, man, what is wrong with this guy? Because we're a peculiar people. Why? Moses said, the only thing that sets us apart, the only thing that makes us different than everybody else on this big rock on which we live is this, is God's presence. They don't have that, but you do. That makes you different. That means that you have a layer of protection, a layer of joy, a realm of peace, a realm of provision for your finances, a level of healing and health that you have that they don't even know about. So yeah, we're a little bit different than everybody else, and it's God's presence that makes it that way. So that's what Moses said. David put it this way in Psalm 51, 11. He said, do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Now David got in trouble. David did some naughty things, and he got in big trouble with God, and he said, hey, do anything to me that you feel fit, but please don't take your presence away from me. And so Moses and David are two of the most influential people, not only in the Bible, but the history of the world. And each of them put a great emphasis on the presence of God. And so you don't even have to be that smart of a Christian to realize if Moses and David said it's a big deal, I probably better start thinking that the presence of God in my life is a big deal. All right. And so that's what I'm talking about. We live in a day and an age which nobody in our generation, nobody in this room has faced a lot of the things that we face right now. Okay, we're not going to go into all that. We hear it every day. I don't need to go there. But what I'm saying is this. You need the presence of God in your life right now more than you did in 2019. It's more vital. It is more essential. It is more important than ever that you live in the presence of God. And so I want to look at three quick things tonight that are truths about the presence of God and they are really important for your life, okay? Number one is this, God's presence is a shelter. God's presence in the Bible is referred to as a shelter. Now, let's flip to Psalm 31, Psalm 31, and I stumbled across this verse I don't, well, I, I think it was earlier this year. I'm sure I'd read it before that, but, but it really came alive to me earlier this year. So God's presence is a shelter. Now, I watch a lot of survivor shows, okay, and, and I like to do, I don't know, something about that intrigues me, but I know this much that if you are in a bad situation with bad weather, bad elements, 
The number one survival thing that you need is a shelter. Most people, they get lost in the woods for five minutes and they're like, food, oh my gosh, we gotta find a food source. Man, you can go like 40 days without food. <laughs> that is not the number one thing. But if it's raining and snowing or if it's blazing heat, you need shelter really, really fast. And most people put that on the bottom of their list. But I'm telling you right now, not only in a survival situation, but because we don't believe in surviving. I told you that Sunday. I'm not here to survive life. I'm here to thrive life. And I don't, I, I'm just, I don't buy into the, well, we survived it. We don't, I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. And, and we always triumph in Christ Jesus. But the number one thing that we need in this day and age is the right shelter. Psalm 31, verses 19 through 20. I'm in the NLT here. Psalm 31, verse 19. It says, how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Does anybody in here fear the Lord? Man, you've got some good stuff coming your way. God is going to lavish it upon you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. God not only wants to bless you because he loves you so much, but it brings him glory because the whole world is watching you. Whether you know it or not, well, what are the, what, what's she going to say about what's going on? What's he going to say about what? what's his opinion right now? God wants to bless you in front of the watching world. But look at verse 20. Here's what I'm really getting at. It says, you hide them in the shelter. Okay, shelter is good. But what is the shelter made of? Of your presence. Safe from those who conspire against them. You, here it is again. Shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues. Now, I, I, I mean, I love to study the Psalms, even the Proverbs. Isaiah talks about it. The book of Lamentations. Lots of Old Testament books talk about the shelter, the fortress, the refuge, all of these words of God. And so I just like to read these and I'm like, yeah, I want to be in the fortress. I want to be in the shelter. I want God to be my refuge. But Really, when you stop and think about it, that, that all sounds good, but how do I get into that fortress, right? It's like, it's there, but I want to be on the inside of the fortress. It doesn't do me a whole lot of good to be on the outside. And so it tells us right here, this is key if you will grasp this, and I'll explain more in a minute, but you've got to understand that the shelter and the fortress and the refuge is made of, it consists of the presence of God. So if that's what it's made of, I just got to figure out how to get in to the presence of God and then boom, I'm in the shelter. I'm in the fort. I'm in the fortress. I'm in the refuge. I'm exactly where I need to be. Now, in ancient times, cities protected their citizens by building large surrounding walls around the city. Even a lot of super old cities in the United States were originally built like that. And I believe if I'm remembering right from my high school history class, I'm going back a few years, but cities that end in Berg, that, that Berg usually had to deal with some sort of a walled or fortified city, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, city, you know, they had something around them to protect them. And that's what a Berg was. But, but, but cities way back then would build walls and a fortress around the city to keep all the chaos out, to keep all the invaders out, to keep all of the, the enemy on the outside of the wall and the people inside of the walls, inside of the fortress, inside of the fort, they could have peace of mind because, well, they're, they're, yeah, there's an enemy, but he's out there and I'm right here in, in the shelter. I'm, I'm, I'm in the fort right now. And so they're out there. As long as the enemy doesn't get in here, we're good. They can have peace of mind. And I'm telling you that if you are in the fortress, if you are within the walls of God's salvation, Isaiah 26 tells us about the walls of God's salvation and this other little thing called the Barstow Faith Confession. It tells us about the walls of God's salvation. If I'm inside of there, all the chaos is on the outside. You mean that, that, that it just doesn't exist? No, the chaos exists and it's real. But it's out there and I'm in the presence of God. And so it's not getting to me. It, it didn't cease to exist. Problems didn't just go away. They're still real, but they're out there. And I'm inside of the fort, the fortress, the refuge, the shelter, the secret place of the most 
high. And so we've got to realize that. Now, growing up, I grew up in a tornado area. Has anybody here ever been in a tornado? Okay, I know Leanne has. I've been in, all right, okay. We've had some tornado people. And so I've been through a few tornadoes. In fact, this week, I just saw it on Facebook, people from my hometown. 18 years ago this past week, we had like a, I think it was an F3 tornado come through our town. It was my senior year of high school. And it, I like demolished half the town. It was a really bad deal. And some people died. Semis went flying through people's, I mean, just bad stuff. In fact, my high school They got all the kids in the basement, and the tornado hit the school and ripped the whole roof off, but all the kids were in the basement, and of all things, I wasn't there that day. And I'm like, yeah, and, 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 you know, it sounds kind of weird, but I wanted to be there because I always wanted to experience something like that. It's a weird thing, but, but, you know, so they're all telling me the horror stories. I'm like, man, of all days to play hooky, of all days to skip, why wasn't I? So I missed out on it, but I'm telling you, we had this basement. We had this old house out in the country. I think it was built in the 20s or something like that. But our house was way out there. And it wasn't a mansion. It wasn't a fancy house. But we had this nasty, gnarly-looking, ugly basement that was just pure concrete block walls. And tornadoes could rip through. And if we were down there in the shelter, it wasn't pretty, but nothing ever happened to us. We were totally safe because we were surrounded by those fortified walls. We were below the problems and everything always turned out okay. And I'm telling you, when things get crazy out here, it's time to get in to the shelter of the Most High. In fact, I'll just quote it, but Psalm 91 Verse 1 and 2 in the New King James, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Does that do something on the inside? Kind of get the feels when I say that? That's the anointing of God dropping something on the inside of you. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God. In him I will trust. Now notice that Psalm 91 said it's the secret place. Anybody you ever you grew up, you had a secret place? Okay. So that's point number two. The enemy isn't allowed into his presence. Number two, what's so great about the fortress is the enemy's not allowed in there. Now, growing up, me and Josh, my dad built us a little fort, treehouse fort out in the woods. Now, the good thing about it being our fort, we decided who could get in and who could not get in. And if you didn't get the green light from us, you weren't getting into the fort. You know, I mean, you had to know the word. You had to know how to get in there. And I remember this movie, The Little Rascals, I watched as a kid. The boys built this fort, right? It was the the He-Man's boy club or something like that and the girls weren't allowed they couldn't get in it was the secret place and i'm telling you right now there is a secret place with god the almighty and the enemy is not welcome in to that fort people are like man the devil's been beating me up all week people say that man he's just been bashing my all week long he's been after me and he's just been beating my i'm like how is that possible weren't you in the fort How'd he get in there? Oh, you weren't in the fort. That's how he's beating your brains out because you're not in the fortress. Get into the, get in there, man. Get into the shelter because he's not allowed in the shelter. You think I'm making that up? Okay. Well, let's just look at this. Okay. Some of you are looking at me like that sounds good, but I don't know about that, man. Listen, let's look over here at Psalm nine, verse three, Psalm nine and verse three. Cause the presence of God, the shelter of God, the refuge, the fortress, whatever we want to call it, the tower, Satan's not allowed in there. Psalm 9 and verse 3 in the New King James, Psalm 9, verse 3, New King James, it says, when my enemies turn back, they fall and perish at your presence. At your presence, the enemy falls, he perishes. So I can imagine, man, the devil wants to chase me. I'm going to run into the shelter. He's going to run right into that wall and fall smack down because he perishes. He falls at the presence of God. He's not allowed in there. So I can imagine all of us right now, there may be stuff going on, but we're just in the presence, man. We're hanging out, relaxing. There's stuff going on around us. 
But we're in there. And in fact, the end of Psalm 91 says, only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. I see bad stuff going on, but it's only with my eyes. I don't have to necessarily experience all of that myself. Well, I wouldn't say that. I'm going to say it because the Bible said it. So, you know, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and go out there on a limb and say God's word is true. Well, nothing ever happens. Man, I had cancer. Yeah, stuff happens. But boy, did we kick cancer's butt in the name of Jesus. I was crippled and I ran out of a hospital at three and a half years old. My dad had cancer. Beat the daylights out of it in the name of Jesus. Dylan there had stage four cancer three, two years ago, three years ago. Beat the tar out of it and embarrassed the devil. How? The name of Jesus. We ran to the shelter. We ran to the fortress at just the right time, and the enemy's not allowed in there. Number three, number three, what about the shelter? In God's presence is fullness of joy. In God's presence, and so presence, shelter, fortress, we're using these words as synonyms right now. In God's presence in the shelter, the fortress is fullness of joy psalm 16 let's look at that psalm 16 who thinks they probably ought to just go ahead and get into the shelter tonight <laughs> somebody ought to get in there man come on psalm 16 new king james psalm 16 new king james it says you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I can tell if you've been in the shelter because you've just got joy all over you. I don't ever see anybody, you know, man, tell you what, I've been in the shelter this week. Oh, God, I've been. Well, what's wrong? Well, I've I've been in God's presence all week long, and it has been a rough one. What? That's not possible, because in his presence is fullness of joy. If you've been in his presence, you've got joy all over you. Nobody comes out of God's presence with with a frown on their face and, and, and depression all over them. They come out of God's presence with a skip in their step, with a song in their mouth, and the joy of the Lord all over them, because in his presence isn't just joy joy no in his presence is fullness of joy he doesn't just fill your your joy tank halfway up and yeah that'll do you no he fills it up full to overflowing as david said in psalm 23 my cup runneth over amen so is the is the glass half empty or is it half full? Man, it's running over all the way out the top. It couldn't get any better right now because I've been in the presence of God, the shelter, the fortress, the refuge, the secret place, and the devil didn't go in there with me. He's not allowed. He runs into that wall and falls flat on his face every single time. Amen? And so... I was just thinking back. I remember the very first, uh, the first service we had to record during the quarantine deal, the, the, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever that's going on with. But anyway, so we, me and Josh and Katie Brady, we had to get together because like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta record something. There's a Wednesday night service. And so we tried to upload this video to Facebook and, and we underestimated the upload speed of large videos to the internet. And it's one thing when you upload your 30 second video to Instagram, but to upload an hour long video, upload speed better be good because that's going to take several hours. We didn't know. It's not our fault. We are rookies, right? And so we tell everybody, Hey, tune in at seven o'clock. We're going to have a service and everyone tunes in and there's no service because our video is only at like 20% upload. And so I'm getting nervous. I'm pacing like, oh my gosh, what are they all going to be doing? And I log on and I see all of you yahoos on the page singing songs, worship. You remember that? (laughs) You're all making worship videos and you're preaching to each other. I felt useless. Who needs a preacher when you're doing it yourself? And so you all were preaching and, and singing and doing songs and, and just laughing. And I'm like, depression, pandemic, pan what? These people are the happiest I've ever seen anybody be in my lives. Why is that? 
because trouble came knocking and we went running to the shelter of the Most High. Amen? We weren't afraid and we're still not afraid because God's got our back and we're spending our time in the shelter of the Most High. I saw this video earlier this year. There was this guy over in England somewhere and he had gone into a little uh, restaurant and ordered a fish sandwich and he's sitting there and out of nowhere, it's a hilarious video, but these guys... Some other customers get into a full-out brawl, and, and soon, I don't know if anybody saw this video, it was like in February, there's like 15 people, a whole full-scale, like, brawl, like an old an old Western TV show, you know, they're throwing people through tables, punching guys through windows, just all-out massacre, and this guy's just sitting there eating his sandwich, doesn't even look up the whole time, and he's like looking at his watch, playing on his phone, there's people flying over the table in front of him, he doesn't put his sandwich down, there's people bumping into him, and he just keeps eating his sandwich, and I'm like, you know what, that's me in the middle of a pandemic, that's High Desert Word Center people. When the whole world's fighting and falling apart and scared about viruses, we're just sitting there eating our fish sandwich because Jesus ate fish, so it's a good thing. They're eating their fish sandwich. There may be chaos all around, but I don't even notice it because I'm living my life in the presence of God Almighty. Amen. And that's what I'm talking about right there. And so the last thing I want to just teach you about is this. We just got a minute. I said, how do we get in to the presence of God? How, cause it's one thing to say, you gotta get in there, you gotta go, you gotta go. But if we don't give you directions, how are you ever gonna go there? If I'm like, hey, I found the best restaurant in the world, and it's over here in, in this certain city, tell me about it. What's the name? What's the address? How do I go? Give me directions. We gotta tell you how to get into the shelter, or else it just sounds like a good inspirational thing. But you wanna know how to get in there. Well, the first thing is this, okay? You need to obsess over God's word, okay? I'm not just saying you like God's word and like, yeah, I I like the Bible. It needs to become a passion within you where you're obsessed with it. Like you wake up, man, I got to get, I got to get some. I got to get to that. I got to get some word. You At lunchtime, you're thinking about it. You know what? I've got an extra five minutes. I bet I can fit some word of God time in. Let's do this. You know, it's bedtime and I, I know I'm tired and it's already past my bedtime. But what if I just read five more minutes of God? You've got to be obsessed with God's word, you've got to get a hold of this. And and it's got to be that real to you. And there, my son's always telling me about this dumb, strange obsession show. He's like, Dad, there's these, this lady on there. She was addicted to drinking paint. And she drinks paint every day. And, and he tells me all these strange obsessions. And I'm like, what if they did an episode about somebody that was so obsessed with the Bible that they were like, man, that guy's weird. He's peculiar. He needs to go. And tell, I'm telling you, if people knew how obsessed a true Christian was with the Bible, they would think you're weird because we just can't get enough. The more I read, the more I want, the more that I just got to have more. That's what I'm talking about if you want to start seeing God work in your life. But number two, okay, I'm not even going to dig into this, but you got to be a person of prayer. You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't have a pathetic prayer life and just expect to see miracles and see God pouring himself. You've got to talk to God. You've got to pray. But here's the biggest thing that I'm talking about right now in our last minute or two. Psalm 89, 15, the last verse, Psalm 89 and verse 15. And I'm talking about worship. Worship will get you into the presence of God and it'll get you there really, really fast. Now, sometimes praise and worship is a sacrifice because we don't always feel like singing. Some people do, but I don't. I mean, sometimes the, the, the Bible put it this way. He called it the sacrifice of praise. And I get that because sometimes it's a sacrifice. I don't feel like it. Man, today I woke up super early. I had to drive my parents to the airport in Las Vegas. Took forever to get back. Then I get home and kids are homeschooling. And then I got to do this. I, I tried to help out make dinner before we came to church, get to the co-op. Kids are getting tutored. Kids are doing art lessons. Somebody had an emergency over here. Somebody over here needed prayer to fix this. And, and all the, and then, I mean, right before church, I go to the back room, get a coffee. And I'm like, I don't feel like it. But God, you are so good. Amen. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. And I worshiped God for five minutes. Then we came out here and dedicated a baby. We preached a sermon. And it's all good because worship will get you into God's presence like that. 
It's incredible. Psalm 89 and verse 15. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. NLT. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Well, why are they so happy? For they will walk in the light of your, say it with me, presence, Lord. There it is. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Why? Why are they so happy? For they walk in the light of your presence, Lord. And so I'm telling you this right now. Worship gets you into the realm of God's presence, which gets you into the shelter of the Most High, the refuge, the hiding place, the secret place, the fort, all those things that we're talking about, worship will open up that door and get you right in there. And so I am telling you right now, for who wants 2020 to end? I mean, just like the best three months of your entire life. Well, that ain't possible because it's already been a dud. Man, don't say stupid things like that. I am saying right now that the next three months are going to be pure heaven on earth in my life. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be prosperous. They're going to be happy and joyful and peaceful. And I'm going to win people to Jesus everywhere that I go because Christ is in me and he's the hope of glory. And I can't help but tell other people about why I've got joy and peace and hope even in the midst of a crazy, crazy world. And so if you will get into the fort and into the shelter, the next three months can be pure heaven on earth in your life. But it's up to you. The presence of God is the key to your success as we move forward. Amen. Can everybody say amen? Let's go ahead and end there tonight. Let's stand up together this evening. Is everybody glad they came to church tonight? Amen. I am glad that I came to church God is good. Say that. God is good. And His mercy endures forever. That's the truth. And we need to realize that. But God's been good to us. I want to pray over you tonight as we kind of close things out. Who's ready to have the best Thursday of 2020 tomorrow? Dude, I don't even know what I'm doing, but my Thursday tomorrow is going to be off the charts. It's going to be mind-blowingly awesome because I'm going to be in the shelter all day and I'm not coming out for anybody. I'm going to be in there with God and and I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my stuff, but it's going to be from within the shelter. If you're allowed to work remote, most people, a lot of people are working from home now remotely. Man, I'll still drive out to Fort Irwin, but I'm not leaving the shelter. I'm sticking inside of that all day. You know what I mean? I'm Well, where are you at? Why, why, where's your mind at? I'm, I'm working remotely. I, I'm, I'm working from the shelter today. I'll still log on, but I am, make no mistake, I am working from the shelter. Praise God. So I want to pray over you. Then we're going to say the Barstow Faith Confession, and God's going to do great things in your life. I had, uh, what was that? I think it was Monday night. They, they wanted me to open up the, the Barstow City Council meeting in prayer, and I'm like, hey, no problem. I can do that. But little do they know that I was going to show up with the Barstow Faith Confession. <laughs> yeah. And so they called me and they're like, um, so we, we can't have you actually show up. Uh, but we're going to call you and put you on, you know, the speakerphone and pray for all of us. I'm like, hey, I'll do this however you want to do it. I mean, I'll show up and what, but whatever you want. And so. Uh, they called me in and, and I, I, I pulled up the video. The mayor sent it to me, but I pulled up this video and, and so, and so I, I, I called in. They put me on, well, they called me. I put it on, they put me on speaker and I'm like, okay, guys, I promise I will pray for you, but I got to do something else first. And then I roared it out, man. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. And they're all staring. What is, what's going on there? What's this guy doing? What's he talking about? But I'm telling you, whether they know it or not, High Desert Word Center is speaking a layer of protection over those people. <clears throat> they love us whether they realize it or not. And they need us whether they realize it or not. And anyway, good stuff's going on. And like me and my buddy Walter always say, man, when we're gone, those that are left behind, they're going to miss us. You may not like us now, but you'll miss us when we're gone because we were pretty good guys to you. All right, let's pray. And then we're going to speak some words of faith. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray over everybody in this building right now, anybody listening online on the Internet. And, Lord, I thank you that just like 
You said to the prophet Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Lord, we have hope for our future. We have hope for the rest of 2020 and beyond because you promised us good things. And so, Lord, I say right now boldly, I say it in the presence of God, the presence of the angels, and say it right in the face of the devil, that these people are off limits to the enemy and to any plans or schemes or, or, or tricks that he has up his sleeve to try to trip them up or harm them and their marriage or their children or their family or their job or their town, anything in their lives. These people are off limits as long as they'll stay in that shelter, God. And so I say in Jesus' name, we're sticking in the shelter, and Lord, we are going to be blessed and safe and prosperous, and you are using us to bring salvation to this world before you call us home soon. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Who's ready to speak some words of faith over Barstow? Is anyone getting tired of doing this? Anyone getting tired of doing this? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it more and more every time we do it. So let's say this and let's say it loud and let's say it like we mean it because we do. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.